0: Hello, this is Dr. Karen Becker, and today we're going to talk about a very hotly debated topic in veterinary medicine, vaccines. Before we get to pets and vaccines, I'm going to tell you that all veterinarians have to be vaccinated for rabies. I don't know if you know that or not. When you go to vet school, you have to be vaccinated for rabies because uh, we're, of course, the segment of professionals that could be most likely exposed to the zoonotic virus rabies, which is spread to any warm-blooded mammal, except opossums, as a side note. But it's important to recognize that um, we're vaccinated for rabies when we enter vet school. Now, I myself was vaccinated for rabies when I was 15 because I'm a federally licensed wildlife rehabilitator. So I went underwent my rabies vaccines at a much younger age. When I went to vet school, instead of automatically giving me additional rabies vaccine, they titered me, which means they took some blood, and they measured how much rabies antibody remained in my system. Uh, uh, a protective number or a protective titer is a number greater than five. And I titered at 2100, which means I didn't need additional booster shots. I was well protected. So I didn't receive additional vaccine at the time of vet school entry important side note and i'm I'm going to talk to you about why that's so important because i was very glad that they extended me the courtesy of recognizing that my immune system maintained protective antibody not only the the several years before i went to vet school but every year thereafter veterinarians need to have their blood level titers their blood levels checked for adequate vaccine levels to make sure that our rabies titers protective it's an important part of making sure that we're safe at our jobs So here's what's interesting, every year veterinarians are titered for adequate rabies vaccine levels, but the concept of titering or measuring how much vaccine remains in the system is not extended to dogs and cats. What we will tell you about dogs and cats is that we recommend as a profession across the board that your pets received annual rabies and parvo distemper adenovirus, parainfluenza, leptochrona, Lyme Bordetella, if you're a dog, and an FCVR vaccine, minimally, maybe feline leukemia and some additional non-core vaccines if you're a kitty owner. We recommend that you receive these vaccines on an annual basis, not just as puppies and kittens, but every year for the rest of your pets Lives. So there are some startling differences. Needless to say, that if your children are vaccinated, you eventually stop. Dogs and cats receive vaccine almost always at 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 weeks, a booster at one year of age, and then annually thereafter, which ends up being a tremendous amount of vaccine over a lifetime. Not to mention that once geriatric pets become old and begin suffering from potential degenerative diseases, we don't honor the fact that the immune system could be struggling and in need of less vaccine, we just continue to vaccinate. This has brought about a whole host of issues, not only health issues for dogs and cats, but a whole host of ethical issues with veterinarians who are beginning to recognize that there's a problem here. We know that the two-pound teacup poodle gets the exact same dose of vaccine as the 100-pound Rottweiler. We know that the same exact vaccine that protects the 350-pound tiger at the zoo protects the 10-pound house cat. There's no dose difference depending on the weight of the pet. Not to mention that there's also a one-year and three-year rabies vaccine. Many, many pet owners aren't even aware that there's a three-year vaccine that exists. The reasons uh, we won't go into, but the truth is, if you bring your dog or cat to the vet annually, veterinarians can make substantially more when it comes to income than every three years. But keep in mind that the one-year and the three-year vaccine are basically identical. So what we know to be true is this. Of course, we want your pet protected against disease. We want to make sure that your pet is in no circumstance going to be potentially open for infectious disease. But there's a huge difference between being protected against disease and toxic with vaccine. You understand that thimerosal, mercury and aluminum based adjuvants are still allowed in the veterinary pharmaceutical industry. So your pets are being exposed to potential antigens that could not only abnormally stimulate their immune system, but last a lifetime and eventually can build up to the point to cause chronic disease in your pets. So this issue is going to be explored much more here at Mercola.com, but it is important that you have the basic knowledge and understanding of recognizing that, of course, our goal is to help you keep your pets protected, but we want to help you in making wise lifestyle decisions that prevent your pets from becoming toxic with vaccine. Stay tuned, and we'll give you more on this subject in the future.